Hello, boys and girls, and welcome back to college football. It is week eight of the college football season, therefore week eight. Logically, it follows of the Carla and Crappy show. And, and, and also, logically, I'm Crappy, and, and right down there is Carla. Hi, Carla. Hey, how are you? I am... Last week, you know, I was joking about wanting uh, you're looking forward to the to the to the chilly weather, and I had the, the fuzzy hat on and stuff, and mm-hmm. pretending it was so cold. And then we we went away for the weekend, and we came back, and our furnace was dead. So <laughs> so now now I'm 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 actually I'm actually it, I I no I'm not actually that cold. It's not that bad. It's still I mean I'm still 50 degrees outside, and I'll get down to the upper 30s tonight. But it's 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 not that big a deal. But just the irony here is like, okay, you want you want football weather? Here we go. Here's some football <laughs> weather inside your house. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Ah. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, it's, um, I got the weather I wanted. Um, you did. You know, in, inside and out. And, and uh, we're going we're gonna to take care of the furnace thing. So that's so it's something that needed to be done anyway. I found out our furnace was installed in uh, 1985, which was the year I graduated from high school, <laughs> which was three decades plus. Yeah. Uh, a long time ago. So we were due. We were due. How's, how's the weather down there? Um, you know, it's, it's it, it. Today was actually quite nice. It was about sixty-eight and sunny, which is perfect fall weather. Um, the last two days, it's been ra- like really rainy, and so it's been it's had a bit of chill in the air that kind of goes right through you, um, okay. which hasn't been that much fun. And after sitting out in Vanderbilt Stadium on su- on Saturday uh, yes. at the at the Florida Vandy game. Um, it was downright cold in that stadium. Um, it was like 52 cloudy and the wind was blowing and we never got the sun. And so it was, it was downright chilly. I had several layers on and my hands were still cold. And there were coaches yelling at each other and near riots in the oh, field. And okay, yes. how what what happened with that? So that's really funny because all that happened while I was no joke in the nacho line. I missed the whole thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, the priorities are, I mean, that's an important thing. Um, we were trying to beat the halftime rush to go get food because okay. I wasn't in a press box. I was actually in the stands with, sure. you know, like normal people. Um, and and we were like, let's beat the food line. And uh-huh. so we watched the last floor to drive and then we're like, let's go get in line. And so we went and got in line. And then all of a sudden we hear all this stuff happening in the stadium. We have no idea what's going on. And Vanderbilt Stadium is quite old. Um, yeah. So it's not wired that well. So we mm, didn't have okay. a TV to like be able to look over and, and see what was going on. And like, so I started like scrolling through my Twitter feed while we were standing in line for food and seeing what was going on. And, and I actually tweeted at one point, I, it sounds like we picked the worst time ever to go get nachos. Um, and but the, but the, it, it always works that way. It does, you know, and, and when we ended up, we made it back just in time. It was a long line. We made it back just in time to start the third quarter. So, okay. Um, okay. so, so we missed all of the frivolity, but, but we saw a, we saw a good part of the um, action on the field. So, okay. Okay. How, how were the nachos? Were they good? Nachos were good. Yes. Okay. Yes. And much, much appreciated. Um, the, the most popular guy in the stadium was the guy selling hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I understand how that goes. Um, I, I'm going to be, I, I'm actually going to Purdue uh, to, to see Ohio state uh, this weekend. So um, okay. and it's, and it's, and it's supposed to be chilly, uh, you yeah. know, in the, in, in the thirties, probably um, it's, it was a surprise night game um, and it's going to be in the thirties by the time we, uh-huh. we are done. I am. I am set. I am looking. I'm looking forward. Uh, you know, like the the chilly stuff inside the house to sort of prep for the uh, out, the Midwestern outdoor football experience. Um, yeah, this is your training week. Yes, I think so. I think so. Yeah, um, my my one thing is going to be sort of talking about that and and in college football hangs. But as as we do, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you your first crack at uh, at your one thing uh, from uh, from college football in the last week. So I've right, besides besides nachos. 
besides nachos. Um, so, so the one thing, one, one, one thing is the fact that the only thing I got right on the show last week was the fact that I had, I called out those three games at the end of the show and said, don't miss on any of these games. We're and, totally right about those. and I was right about all three of them. Yes, um, yes. Unfortunately, that's the only thing I got right this week. Um, much of the chagrin of my Nittany Lions. Um, but uh, what a crazy week in college football, but true to form, since I actually saw Florida in person, I thought I would offer a very brief Florida analysis um, yes. since, since I've seen this team in person now. Um, Felipe Franks, mm -hmm. not impressed. Um, his accuracy is questionable at best. He had some wide open receivers multiple times during that game that he just airmailed. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it was consistently that way. Um, in fact, it was, it was funny. My, the, I was, we were at the game because my husband went to Florida. Um, and, and, you know, we were both college football writers at one point. Yeah. Um, and, and he actually, he texted his brother who also went to Florida, um, saying, uh, Felipe Franks is not a good quarterback. Um, and I, I don't know if I would go that far, okay. but there were some questionable decisions. Um, the, the line play was not consistent across mm -hmm. the board. Um, at the start the start the game, uh, Florida drove right down the field. Um, line play looked great. Franks had time. Run game looked great. Um, second and third drives of the game, a hot mess on mm, the line. Okay. So it's just kind of like everything that we've thought about the Florida offense, about not being consistent, whether or not it really exists, I, I, I think we're seeing it accurately on TV. Okay. Seeing it in person okay. did not change my opinion. Um, I know nothing about uh, about Vanderbilt's front seven, but I, I assume they're not quite at like a a stereotypical SEC level. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's and that's that's accurate. I mean, they played really, really well, and okay. and Florida okay. gave them the opportunity um, because the uh, Vanderbilt gave Florida a dose of their own medicine early in the first half. I mean, they jumped out to that twenty-one to three lead mm. um, because <laughs> yeah. Florida because Florida turned the ball over twice, um, and. You know, Florida drove right down the field and then threw a pick. And again, that goes back to Frank's questionable decision making. I mean, it, it really, yeah. I mean, he just really made some really strange decisions and he and he lost the he fumbled. It was his fumble that gave Vandy um the ball back to get them ahead by, you know, two touchdowns at that point and mm -hmm. go twenty one to three. Um the one thing I learned about Vandy. Vandy can't execute a scoop and score to save its life. Um, there were two times that the ball was on the ground and all they had to do is pick it up and it would have been a touchdown. And it, I mean, literally it was kicked and it was bobbled and it was down the field and people were falling on it. And it kept rolling. And, you know, it was yeah. like comic relief kind of thing. Yes. Vandy just fall on the football. Stop trying. You have possession. Just fall on the damn ball. Um, Listen to Coach Fox, guys. Yeah, they, yeah. It's just like, yeah, stop trying to scoop and score if you can't do it. Just fall on the ball and take it. <laughs> they almost lost one of them because the ball was rolling towards the the sideline, and yeah. um, they got real lucky on the bounce. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it was a, it was a good game. It was an exciting game. It was a really sloppy game on, okay. on every side of the ball. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Florida escaped. There, they were they were clearly the better team. Um, I don't know how Franks is going to do. You know, heading down the stretch, um, cocktail party is going to be real interesting next week. Um, we might have to talk about that one. Yeah, I think we might have to talk about that one after Georgia got crushed. Um, and Jake Fromm did not look good in that game at all. Because mm -hmm. I saw a good chunk of that game because we came back from Florida Vandy and I immediately sat down and turned on every TV in the house. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, but yeah, so Fromm didn't look good. I'm not impressed with Franks. The line play is not consistent. It, that's going to be a real interesting game in two weeks. But okay. yeah, so that's my breakdown of, Van or of Florida. Okay.
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that my nephew uh, gets to, to make sure that he listens to this because he's a as I, I think I've mentioned before he's a freshman at Florida, um, lives in a dorm that's where he can like literally see the swamp uh, from his dorm room. So um, he's been very excited about that. Uh, stoked to be there. I and, learned and, the Gator Chomp. <sighs> how hard is that? I mean, it's yeah. Band um, I learned the band cues. Okay. Oh, okay. That's fine. Okay. That's, that's, that's better. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll make sure Brooks sees this. Hi, Brooks. Um, go hi, Gators. Brooks. I don't know you, but hi. Uh, dude, uh, you, you guys are going to have <laughs> next weekend's going to be interesting. But we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Uh, my one thing, uh, briefly, because I, I didn't actually see any, uh, virtually any college football last weekend because it was my birthday weekend. We were uh, hiking around the, um, the Hocking Hills in southeastern Ohio. Um, I have. Because I am obsessive like this, you know, I, I, I tape all the Ohio State stuff and, and I, I watch bits and pieces of the game against Minnesota. It was as uh, sloppy as I was led to believe from listening to the radio when we were uh, in the car and, and doing stuff between different areas of Hocking Hill State Park. Um, and my, my one thing is not an analysis of, of, of Ohio State, Minnesota. My one thing is it's just a, a it's sort of a snapshot because we're at the point of the season where college football angst really starts to build for me um, because I mean, if you look at this uh, uh, Purdue by week um, Nebraska at home, uh -huh. you know, and, and you'd think, you know, if you're, if you're thinking of college football tradition and, and how everything goes, it's like, Oh, state Nebraska, it's going to be awesome. No, it's not, it's not going to be awesome. Um, you know, and then there's, um, uh, you know, I think Illinois and then the, then the, the schools up North in, in back to back weeks should be favored, will be favored for each of those games until we have to go to East Lansing. And yet I still, you know, this game, this game I think about um, 2001, uh, and Ohio State had a lead going into the fourth quarter, and little little tiny uh, quarterback that they had there, uh, uh, Drew Brees, maybe, Drew, something like that. Is that name oh ringing the bell? Um, he, brought, he brought Purdue back in Rosshead Stadium uh, for the win in that game. Um, I remember the, 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 the 2002 game, the Holy Buckeye thing, uh, which, and, 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 and if, you don't, if you don't remember that name, that game, that was uh, even after the Michael Jenkins touchdown, Ohio State could have lost that game. Um, that's how tight that was. Um, there was a game, I believe Braxton Miller was quarterback. Ohio State had no business losing to Purdue on the road, and they did. Um, there's just stuff. Purdue even even in Columbus, um, uh, when Kenny Guyton was playing quarterback, uh, Kenny Guyton had to come in the game late, if I remember this correctly, for Braxton Miller, um, and win in overtime. Um, there's just something about this Purdue team that that it's like I, I should I should be completely relaxed going to this game. Um, should be able to have a great time in West Lafayette, and it's like. Oh, ugh, ugh. Um, and that's why it's fun. That that's that yep. you, you get you get to this you get to this point in the season, and um, you know I I I had have kind of a, a side. I look sort of sideways at, at Jim Trestle stuff, but he always said November is the uh, is when is when the, the the real stuff happens, and we're almost there. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it's it is agonizing, um, and the best kind of fun. All, <laughs> excuse me, all at the same time, um, and I am really really looking forward to uh this this road trip 
uh, with one of our regular listeners, Patrick. Hi, Patrick. And uh, and, and for the rest of the season, we will see how it goes. Um, of frustra- can, I do, can I do speaking of frustrating? Yeah. Damn it, Pitts. So close. Uh, <sighs> oh, I know. I know. I was I just kind of watching scores when we when I had a chance. And I watched the, I watched the second. That was one of the screens I had. I was watching that yeah. game. And um, man. It, it was it was sitting right there for them, it and it just it, it just didn't it, you know it just it, you know that was a game like we said it had no business being in, and they did what they always do and played way over their heads and and but Notre Dame was able Notre Dame was clearly the better team, um and and pulled out that win but damn it okay I'm over. It was, like, it was it was it was really good. Really what I get for being what I get for being a Pitt fan. Pitt loses. Penn State loses. God. <laughs> It was a terrible week. Terrible week. It wasn't. It was. It was a fun weekend overall. <laughs> it was. <laughs> okay. Um, before we get we, we get started with our picks, uh, AJ has to work through uh, some heartburn, and and this this might help. I'm holding up a bottle of uh, 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 store brand Tums. AJ, that, that, that might give you a hand. Um, he's he's uh, he's got an up, uh, upset tummy over the quality of his late night slate, uh, with one pretty prominent exception, and over a particular conference um, down south. So we'll let AJ explain that. Go. Uh, hi, it's your old buddy AJ coming to you live from a car in an undisclosed location. Uh, felt like calling it or you know checking in really uh, to see check, see how everything's going. It's your Pac-12 After Dark report. Funny enough, I'm not going to talk about a Pac-12 After Dark game because the actual Pac-12 After Dark games are real bad. Just maybe not even worth watching. However, we do have a sem- we have a semi one on Thursday. That's Stanford Arizona State, 9 p.m. Thursday. Um, Arizona State and Stanford appear to be fine. I guess uh, this is a five-point game. Uh, uh, Arizona State is actually favored in this game. The fighting, the fighting Herms, are uh, are here and they're ready to go. Um, that game is in Tucson, so this this has the potential to be good. Manny Wilkins has been real fun to watch this year. Um, KJ Costello from, or, I'm sorry, I said Stan- Arizona State was favored by five. They're not. Stanford's favored by two and a half. KJ Costello is uh, really great. Uh, Bryce Love has been hampered with injuries all year, so they've had to lean on Costello a lot this year. Stanford's actually done really well this year, except for those two times they got destroyed. Um, but this could be a really fun game to watch. It's a Thursday game. There ain't nothing else going on. Uh, so check in on that game. But if we move to Saturday, this is not a Pac-12 game. Uh, this is a SEC game. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, sorry. I'm going to talk about an SEC. I can't get it out. I'm going to talk about an American Conference game. All right, I got that one out. I'm going to talk about an AAC game. Uh, they're playing a team from uh, the, uh, the Midwest that for some reason joined a conference based in the southern and eastern part of the United States. Um it's listen. It's a problem I have. It's a reflex. I just I say the three letters in a row, and uh, uh, there it goes. So uh, Memphis is playing Missouri. <clears throat> I highly recommend watching this game because both of those teams have real fun offenses. Vegas has set the over under on this game at seventy four. This is the only time you will see a southeastern. Co- I can't even do it. I can't 
do it. This is the one time you will see a team from a grown man football conference score points in any sort of uh, meaningful manner. So I highly recommend watching this game. That's at four o'clock on Saturday, just right in the middle of the day. Just, you know, get the morning going, you know, have some coffee, maybe watch some of the early slate. Um, I usually don't look at the early slate because it's noon. Ugh, ooh, light. But four o'clock game uh, should be really great. That's at Missouri. Uh, Memphis looking to get a win against a power five conference opponent. Um, yeah, so I, I really look forward to that game. And finally, the actual game that, is, that will steal my heart and yours. 7.30 p.m. on Fox from Pullman. Game day's in town. It's Oregon Wazoo. This is the correct form of Pac-12 football. None of that nonsensical, we're going to run the ball three yards in a cloud of dust. Screw you, Stanford. Screw you, Washington. I want to see teams throw it 70 times. Let's go. Justin Herbert is awesome, and I want to watch him play all of the football games. Uh, Oregon coming off their big win against Washington. Gets Washington's little brother, Washington State. Uh, I hope this is not a, uh, a letdown game. This should be really great. But uh, tune in, 7.30 on Saturday. That's on Fox. Highly recommend watching that game. Uh, this has been your Pac-12, like, early evening report. Uh, you should watch those games and absolutely do not watch any uh, South... I'm sorry, I can't do it. Don't watch other football leagues. Just watch the Pac-12. By the way, it's blood. It's, it's going to be chalk week. It's not blood week. It's chalk week in the Mountain West. Shh, don't watch the Mountain West now. Next week, buckle up. Bye. Thanks, AJ. Once again, um, you, know, you guys live just down the road, so if you need some of these, just uh, stop by. Uh, happy to, to give you a hand. Um, our games uh, are not West Coast, and, and and we and we even have a couple that are. Well, we have one that's in that uh, conference that AJ seems to be having some uh, difficulties with. But we're not going to start there. We're going to start actually with our. our I, I think our, our toughest game of the week um, is at noon uh, on Saturday. This is when number six Michigan visits number twenty four Michigan State. Michigan is favored by a touchdown. And I don't think it's nearly that simple, Carla. What do you think? No, well, it, it could have been, you know. Had, it could have been, yes, yes. Had, had Michigan State not, you know, done the impossible for the second year in a row and beat Penn State, um, which I'm still quite angry about. So, so I'll start. I'll start with that game first because that was the game that you know I was watching. I, I was I I had that game on my iPad because I was like Penn State's going to pull this out. So I was yeah, watching cool. other stuff um, mm -hmm. because um, Oregon and. Uh, Washington were in overtime yep. at that point. And so I was watching the overtime game while I was like, I had the Penn state game on mute. And then I was watching Michigan state drive down the field and I'm like, Oh, they're going to stop them. Oh, they're going to stop them. Oh, they're going to stop them. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. No, everything was not fine. What we saw on Saturday from Michigan state was something that we don't see from Mark D'Antonio all that often. And that was him playing high roller. He's not. He's usually the guy that plays things really safe. He plays them conservative. I mean, he's a Big Ten coach, and you know, trustable. I mean, it, it, is, it, is, yeah. it is the incarnation of trustable. Ball. Um, with but but trustable once in a while would, 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 would do something would crazy, and and and, and D'Antonio's done that. I mean, you know, um, the fake field goal against Notre Dame a few years ago. There mm -hmm. are other examples. It does not happen often, but 
Yeah, but it, but it happened. Was. But it happened twice yeah. in Beaver yeah. Stadium on Saturday. He went for the fake punt, fake punt, and then the fake field goal. Um, and then you know played you know at the end of the game when everyone was like thinking that they were going to just center the ball to to tie the game, and you know they found the end route around and and you know touchdown and and that's all that's all that's all she wrote. You know that was the end of the game. Um, so. So that's that's a side we don't see of him very often, but it worked in that situation, and it worked last year as well um, against Penn State. So maybe it's just the Penn State thing. I don't know um, because they they hang tight in those games. The defense played pretty well, uh, and and my question is, I'm thinking, you know, was going through watching you know snippets and, and excerpts from that game because I wasn't paying that close of attention to it mm-hmm. um, as I was to what was happening out on the West Coast because I was intrigued by that game was. Um, Michigan State gave up a ton of yards, and I'm questioning how much of that win was Michigan State executing and Penn State not taking advantage of the situations that they had. If you go back and you look at the Penn State drive charts, Mm -hmm. they had six three and outs. Um, They had a turnover on downs, a missed field goal, and two fumbles. That is not a recipe to win a football game. And, and I know that James Franklin is under a ton of heat right now because of the way that some of those decisions were made and the, the, fa- the fact that the team just flat out didn't look prepared um, to play Michigan State in a lot of different areas of that game. So how much of that was Michigan State playing really, really well and how much of, the, of that was Penn State playing really poorly? It's probably an even split down the middle. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm cautioning how good Michigan State looked in that game because I do think, and, and Michigan State looked good in that game, and I'm not trying to take yep. that away from them, but I do think that there was a piece of that that was just Penn State was just flat out not ready to play that game, and that's inexcusable coming off of a bye week. Sorry, that's mm-hmm. the fan of me speaking. Um, sure. But Brian Lewerke, who's been there forever, did what he needed to do. He won that game when he had to, and and he saw the throw and, 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 and executed that perfectly. So that's a huge win. Michigan State has been nothing but inconsistent the last three years, though, which is why this game is really intriguing because they just went out and won a huge game, and now they have to play a team that is now obviously ranked higher, a team that dominated Wisconsin at home, which neither of us saw coming. Nope. Um, you know, they broke the, the, you know, the Michigan broke that game open in the fourth quarter. Um, Again, Wisconsin did not play well in that game. Two turnovers, including that pick six, when that pick six really turned the tide of that game yep. um, because that was really kind of the deal breaker for, for Wisconsin once once that went in. As soon as I saw that, I knew that game was over. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, it was just it was a beautiful pick, um, <laughs> and, but that, that game was over. Shea Patterson was the Shea Patterson that Michigan thought they were getting all along, um, and it's the first time we've seen that from him this season. Um, and the Michigan defense played outstanding. And I hate to say that holding Jonathan Taylor to 100 yards is a win, but it's Jonathan Taylor. Let's it's a win. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, so and the fact that they were able to just kind of keep Hornybrook at bay, and you know, it was it was really really good. Had can Michigan do that two weeks in a row? Can Lewerke figure out this Michigan defense? I. I still think Michigan is the better team here. We still have not seen any consistency from Michigan State. Um, was or Michigan looks really, really good right now. I'm going to give – it's going to be a close game. It's a rivalry game, throw everything out the window. Um, I think Michigan wins the game. Um, I think I think it's going to be real close. Okay. Real, real close. Okay. Um, I know we, we've talked about Michigan a lot on, on, on the show this year, and, and 
starting with week one against the, with the, the game against Notre Dame. Um, and most of what we've had to say has not been especially kind. Um, especially a couple of weeks ago, uh, we both spent a, a lot of time sort of uh, ripping on Michigan's offense. So it's worth noting what has happened in the last two weeks, uh, and that is uh, 80 points total yeah. uh, against uh, the Maryland and Wisconsin, more than 400 total yards uh, against Wisconsin alone. Um, Michigan's defense has uh, has met expectations, I think. Um, it, it, I mean, it did. It, you, you mentioned the pick six, and, and uh, it, it, they gave up 21 points to Maryland. Um, I, I don't know how significant that is. I don't really know how good Maryland is. Um, so, you know, just in time. So you've got this improvement, right? And, and, and things are looking good in Ann Arbor. But just in time for the, the Wolverines to right the ship and get things moving and, and, uh, and towards the inevitable Big Ten East showdown in Columbus at the end of November, they got to go play Sparty. Mm-hmm. They got to do that at Sparty. And I've mentioned, I've mentioned this as well. If you guys have been paying attention to what I say this season, you've heard me say that I am as worried about Ohio State's trip to East Lansing as I am about any other game on the schedule. Um, and it, I, I, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter uh, so much about what Michigan State has done uh, up to this point. Um, uh, the, the win against Penn State, um, I, I think it, it did have something to do with uh, what, what Penn State failed to do uh, as well as what Michigan State did. But Mich- Michigan State's getting better. Yeah. Um, and... And, uh, and, and I, you know, I, I don't care what the record says, uh, you know, they're, uh, that, is, that, that is potentially a good team. They're especially good, historically good, against Jamie Harbaugh, who's, who's managed uh-huh. to beat Sparty only once so far um, when, since he came home to Ann Arbor. Um, if I'm a Michigan fan, I am nervous as hell about this game. Um, of course, I am. I'm not a Michigan fan. <laughs> um, and it's tempting as it is to just to, to troll Harbaugh and pick him to lose Yet another rivalry game. I, my, my gut says that he's going to win this. And it's going to be stupid close. Uh-huh. Um, because, it, it, I mean, it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can. Maybe Michigan State can turn it on and pull something out again for the second week in a row, um, you know, and, and continue this, this, uh, this streak uh, that Mark D'Antonio seems to have uh, against Harbaugh. But I, I, think, I, I think Michigan is a tight one here. I was going to say, I, I wish I would have looked up. When was the last time that Michigan State beat two conference opponents in consecutive weeks? Hmm. Hmm. Because That's I, I, I think it's been a while. And, and you know, my memory th- feels like it's been a while because we mm-hmm. saw them last year of lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game, yeah, like yeah. almost yeah. the entire season. Yeah. And that's the reason why I think Michigan's going to win this game because Sparty was so up. Mm-hmm. Um, to go play to go play Penn State, and they won. They won the damn football game, you know. Yeah. And um, can they be up two weeks in a row? We haven't seen that yet. So um, I, I, think, I, mean, I think for this game, they can. I don't. I don't know if that's enough. Um, yeah. You know, Mich- Michigan State's defense is legit, um, and 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 uh, you know, you you always throw up the caveat about this is a rivalry game, and anything can happen, and 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 Sparty's at home, but. I mean, I, I just the, the trajectory. You know, even if they're both trending up, I think Michigan's uh, trending up at, 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 a, at a better pace. So yeah. maybe maybe that's the difference. Um, this one is interesting as hell. Uh, and yeah. and uh, the number sixteen, NC State at number three, Clemson. Clemson 
is favored by 17, which is just a dumb number. That that's, <laughs> that, that that makes no sense to me because um, it's I, I would be stunned if if uh, if Clemson were to win by two touchdowns here. Um, what, what what do you think? Hi, Wolfpack. We haven't talked about you all season. Hello. Um, welcome is, to the Carly Crappy Show. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, no, we've talked about all the rest of these teams at least once. And yep. um, NC State is very quietly, you know, in the top 20 in the country. Um, 5-0, and you know, it's it's kind of odd that they've kind of flown under the radar as a 5-0 and team. But then you go and look and see who they've played, and you go, oh, that makes sense. That um, that's <laughs> why. Yeah, I, you know, their two biggest wins of the year are over Boston College and Virginia. It's a Okay. Um, decent the, the, biggest, the biggest game of the year was against West Virginia, which, uh, oh, which is not played. Right. That would have been would have been the one. Yeah, that would have been the one. Um, and that would have been an interesting measuring stick to kind of see, mm. you know, what they're doing. Although, who knows what West Virginia is going to do this week after all that. So, um, I told you, Ames is a tough place to play. Yes. Um, so, NC State very quietly 5-0. and they they have a Ryan Finley on offense is a legit quarterback. He's he's leading the ACC in just about every single passing category at this point. He's a legit NFL prospect. Um, here's the thing though: he has not faced anywhere close to the defense he's going to face on Saturday Wait. against Clemson. Um, is you know you got Clemson, which is one of the top defenses in the country, um, and and. Even though NC State is really, really good against the run, um, it, they've been really, really good against the run against teams that are arguably inferior against the, running the football. Yeah. Um, so, so statistically, they're fantastic, but what do those numbers actually mean? I don't know. Clemson is the number four rush offense in the country. Right. So we're going to find out whether this NC State rush defense has any, any meat to it um, mm -hmm. and, and whether this is a legit thing. Um, if they are able to slow down the run, then hello, Trevor Lawrence. Welcome to the ACC. Um, <laughs> you know, let, let's let's see if this whole quarterback thing has um, has has proven the way that Dabo thinks it was going to. Um, right. you know, with the whole concept of you know, now that they've lost Kelly Bryant, um, Kelly Bryant, I still think you should go to Nebraska. Um, although I guess he did a visit to North Carolina, which is also an interesting place for him to land. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. Don't, um, have, don't have to travel as much. Yeah. True. <laughs> um, so NC State hasn't been tested. They're going up against a really, really good offense. They might be able to slow down Clemson's run game, which has been a pleasant surprise this year. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't really think that, that the run game was going to be much of anything, but I mean, they're, they're running the ball really well. Mm -hmm. um, if they can slow down the run, it's going to come down to the arm of Trevor Lawrence. Is he ready to, to, to take this kind of stage? They're playing at home. Um, I think Clemson wins this game. I think the line is ridiculous. I think 17 is silly. Um, I, I, I think it might be 10, but okay. seven, I, I think it'll be a little bit closer than what the line says, but mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't know. I, I Clemson's played better competition. They seem to be better battle tested. Um, I like their run pass split. Their defense is fantastic. This it all, and they're playing at home. I, that all says Clemson wins mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Um, however, this would also be a prime spot for a Clemsoning. Yes. Um, so that that's my only that's my only caution here is that, <laughs> that this is this is a prime candidate for a Clemsoning situation. Um, but I, barring that, Clemson wins. Yeah. I, the, the the what if here is it's so interesting. Um, and that's that's what this one is really intriguing. I, I mean, you think about the matchups. Um, and, and, and you've you, you've gone through this stuff. I, I think Clemson has emphasized rushing game. Um. 
because they're able to, but it also, you know, takes the pressure off of a, a freshman quarterback. And that's, that's never a bad thing. Right. But then, you know, we, we get to find out about NC State's rush defense, which right now is the 13th best uh, rush defense in the country, according to, to, to yards per game, yards are given up per game. Um, you mentioned Finley. He's not a rookie. He's a, I, I, he's been there. He's like a 12th year senior. Um, Feels like it. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those guys that we we, we seem to, to to land on every uh, once every every week. Um, his he uh, their game, their passing game is is kind of a dink and dunk sort of thing. Uh, it, you know, there's it, it's tempo, it's short passes, it's let's go, and that is the right kind of offense to run against, um, uh, a, 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 especially a defensive line like Clemson's. Um, if you want to negate a pass rush, you know, you have an experienced quarterback who unloads the ball quickly, right? Yep. Um, Bubble screens and swings. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, and, and, yeah. and, and why not? Um, uh, if, if you want to relieve that pressure, you know, get, get, get rid of the ball and, and, and get it out on the, get it out on the wings and, and, and let those guys go. Um, the fact that this is, a, that, you know, that, that it's at Clemson, uh, I, I don't. I don't think there's any question that Clemson is 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 the more talented team. Um, Clemson is in in a lot of respects more uh, the, the more experienced team. They've been in, in you know higher stakes situations than NC State. Um, you know Ryan Finley's 15 years in college aside. <laughs> but I, you 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 do think about Clemsoning, and then you do of course you think about if if this was a betting show. Um, I, I would point out once again that I'm absolutely taking NC State in the points because because 17 is dumb. That, that's that, that's not happening. I think this will. I think it'll be a tight game, and I think Clemson. Uh, I, I think Clemson will win primarily because uh, you know they're 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 used to, to to big matchups like this. They're used to pressure situations. Um, but man, I would not be surprised at all to see NC State with a shot to win this at the end. And I and I wouldn't be. Surprised, I would be a little surprised. Well, a little surprised um, if, if the Wolfpack were to pull this out. Um, I could, I could see that happening. But my pick, my pick, is going to be Clemson. Um, and then we have uh, the uh, the second favorite college football team of everybody in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> hosting Mississippi State. Uh, this is number twenty-two, Mississippi State at uh, number five, number five LSU, yeah. LSU. Favored by six and a half points, or uh, my the sports editor that I work with um, walked by my desk this afternoon and said, "We'll see you in the uh, in the college football playoff," because he's a he's an LSU guy, <laughs> and, and he's so he's he's obviously a little excited. Um, uh, and we and we share we share the the same kind of ups and downs and uh, angst and and oh my god, how this is this is never going to work, but. Um, you know, this is this is part of a, a stretch of games, uh, including one coming up here very shortly, uh, for where we're, where we we find out for sure what LSU is all about. So, what do you think yeah. about this one? Yeah, this is interesting because again, we were wrong about everything last week. So, um, LSU's defense, and it was really interesting because I went back and read. Um, you know, we, we were just talking about how how bad Jake Fromm looked in that game. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to figure out like, why did that happen? Because we've never seen Jake Fromm look like that before. And, and his comment to the Associated Press writer out of that game was the fact that um, LSU did an, an amazing job of disguising its defensive coverage. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Fromm's statement was that he, they were throwing coverages and lineups that he had not seen on tape. Um, and, and that was how, you know, 
they, the you know this LSU defense was able to slow down that. that I mean, Fromm looked really bad. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much of that was just his accuracy was just off. This happens with quarterbacks. You have off days. Um, whether how much of that was just he had an off day and how much of that was, um, wow, LSU's defense. Um, you know, it, it forced, forced Georgia into four turnovers, and that's how you win a football game, yep. right, is, is, is you force turnovers. Um, here's the interesting thing, though. The LSU defense is not as good statistically as Kentucky or Florida's, which are the two losses that Mississippi State has. So it's it's really interesting. So this is not – even though LSU's defense played really, really well last week and mm-hmm. essentially won them that football game by slowing down that Georgia offense, they're still not statistically as good as the two teams that, um, that have managed to beat Mississippi State. Right. So – it's another good defense, but it's not the worst defense. The challenge with Mississippi State is the fact that Nick Fitzgerald makes a much better fullback than a quarterback. Right. Um, and, and and that's what happened last week. That's how they beat Auburn. Um, you know, finally they, can, can they we let Tebow in here somewhere. Can we call it Tebowing? Tebowing. Well, I, mean, just, I know what Tebowing is. The the, the thing, but there's got to be another another Tebow verb in here because well, now that's, that's now what I thought of. Well, now it's got to be Fitzgeraldine because he's officially okay. passed okay. Tebow um, in the game. He he mm. rushed for 195 yards, which is just insane for a quarterback. Um, his passing, like, non-existent in the game against Auburn. And to be quite frank, in the two losses, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, when – in the um, in the Florida game, um, Nick Fitzgeraldine had less than 100 yards passing. Mm-hmm. In that game, and and that's and that's why Mississippi State lost those two games is because right. they were trying to make him they were trying to put keep Fitzgerald in the pocket trying to make him pass more mm-hmm. and that's just not who he is. Right. Um, he's he's a, a dual threat quarterback by every stretch of the imagination, more so running than but sort of a one point five threat quarterback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you know, I mean, he just doesn't really have that, have that arm, but. The Mississippi State defense is playing really well. I mean, they're the number eight total defense in the country. And so now you have this LSU team and Joe Burrow, which did a great job last week against that Georgia defense, facing oh, another what tough best game of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he looked fantastic. And now he's going up against a tougher defense than Georgia's. Um, while Mississippi State has figured out just let Fitzgerald run the ball, can LSU stop it? This is this game is going to be a heck of a lot closer. And where what it tells me is again LSU's inconsistency, right? None of these teams in the SEC they're beating up on each other because nobody can play consistently. Mm-hmm. I if I'm an LSU fan, I am nervous as heck about this game, even okay. though I'm playing at home because you just made a statement. You're back up in the top five in the country. You're sitting in prime playoff position, and what happened the last time? They lost to Florida, right? So, so here's the difference: they're playing at home. Yeah, I think I think that makes a difference, and it's a night game, which is what we wanted last week, but it turned yes. out it didn't matter. Yes. Um, they're playing at home; they don't have to go to those damn cowbells, um, <laughs> which might be the difference in the game. The atmosphere really might be the difference in this game. I'm yeah. I, I think LSU is able to pull this out at home, but man, this is gonna be a really close game, and it wouldn't stun me like you just said with um, NC State. Yeah. It would not stun me if Mississippi State had a chance to win this game on the last possession. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think the Tigers pulled this out, but it's way too close for comfort. Okay. I, 
obviously you, you talked about uh, the, the consistency for, for consistency for LSU. And, and here's, here's the recap, right? Here's the recap. Uh, week one for LSU. Beat Miami. Signature win, right? Uh, uh, oh, wait. Miami's, Miami's not that good. Uh, week three, uh, there's a signature win. Hey, they won at Auburn. Um, oh, well, the Auburn kind of sucks. So that's, that's not working. Uh, week six, hey, there's a signature road on the win against Florida, except you actually have to win those football games to, for it to be a signature win. And then week seven, um, when the second favorite, as I mentioned before, the second favorite college team of everyone in Columbus was certainly not going to beat Georgia, and, and especially if you're listening to anyone who, um, who, who uh, has opinions on this show. Um, <laughs> except, except that they did. So right. there's just a good win, right? Um, and maybe until week nine, but that's something else that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about that one too uh, when, when that one's coming up. But that's so. It, 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 if we don't, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. And if the Tigers don't get ahead of themselves this weekend, um, I, I, I think just the, the, the steps that, they, that the team has taken, uh, I, I think they should win this game, uh, which would which would be a sweep of the state of Mississippi. Um, I think there's a there's a, a it's like a trophy if you win the Mississippi State Championship. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, there should be. There should be. Again, tight game. Uh, this this line is more reasonable, obviously at, at six point five. But um, and and the fact that it's a night game uh, is gonna is gonna make a, a, a big difference. But um, so I think I think LSU wins here, and then we can we can start thinking about that game they have uh, again at home the following weekend. Okay, boys and girls, uh, you can watch the Carlin Crappy Show for the duration of the college football season which is getting down to the good stuff um, by mm -hmm. searching Carla and crappy show on YouTube or Facebook. If you prefer to have Carla and crappy in your skull, uh, you'll find the podcast version at uh, Apple podcast, Google play stitcher and tune in as well um, as uh, some occasional reminders on your favorite social channels. If you like the show, please rate and review. If you don't mind your own damn business. Um, Carla, do you have any final thoughts? So the aforementioned, uh, but not named, uh, Crimson Tide pays a visit to uh, just the east of here in Knoxville on Saturday. And uh, the fans of Tennessee are, you know, a little bit excited about this after finally, you know, they beat Auburn. Why, um, why, why are they excited about that? Well, you know, because they just beat Auburn, so they're good again. Um, and so, because that's Tennessee fan logic. I, I, no, I, 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 that, that's college football logic. And I, it, I understand true. But then I found out that Butch Davis is going to be um, in the box uh, calling the game on, on a broadcast, which means that, um, yeah, Alabama is going to score like 72 points on, on Tennessee, knowing that. Like, um, take the over. He doesn't. Uh, apparently he's going to be up there. He's going to do like color analysis for I, – I didn't read for who, but, yeah, he's, he's going to do color for that game because he has a connection to both teams. Um, that's a recipe for disaster for the Vols. It's going to get ugly real quick. Um, take the over on Alabama alone. And I, I didn't. I don't know what the over is, but I, I, I imagine. I, Doesn't I imagine matter. That, I imagine that line is 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 um, appropriately dumb <laughs> in favor <laughs> in favor of the Crimson Tide. Sorry, Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Rocky Toppers. Um, guys, you can look for me on television, national TV, Ohio State, and uh, at Purdue, uh, seven thirty on Saturday. I will be. I'll be the one wearing scarlet. Um, I don't, I'm not sure where we're sitting actually. Um, but Is it we're, blackout? We're, I don't know that for sure. Um, I, I, I just, I, I assume that we're going to 
get, you know, the house eight travels, we're going to get all that, all that stuff. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised, but, um, again, I'll be, I'll be wearing Scarlet with the beard gotcha. and, and I'll, I'll wave and stuff. Okay. Um, guys, thank you very much for watching. We, we appreciate your patronage and, um, and, and, uh, we, we, uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Carla, thank you very much. Thanks as always. Enjoy West Lafayette. I'm going to enjoy West Lafayette. Guys, you enjoyed college football this weekend and we will see you back here next week. Thank you.